Hey everybody, this is Jason Calacanis, the founder of Mahalo.com, and you're very privileged and lucky to be listening to the 10 Golden Rules of Internet Marketing. This is Internet Superstars Month on the 10 Golden Rules podcast. We sit down with Facebook goddess Mari Smith today. Plus, we have the first interview with Michael Stelzner, creator of the Social Media Marketing Industry Report, and we'll even feature Lenny Kravitz on the Song of the Week at the end of the show. So let's get to it. Welcome to the 10 Golden Rules of Internet Marketing Podcast, featuring the latest strategies and techniques to drive traffic to your website and convert that traffic into sales. Now here's the CEO of 10goldenrules.com, Jay Berkowitz. Well, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome to episode 36 of the 10 Golden Rules of Internet Marketing Podcast. Thanks so much for joining us. We have over an hour of amazing content today, so I'm going to race through the intro section. If you like what you hear, subscribe for free over at iTunes or 10goldenrules.com. Please call in new ideas and comments at our 24-hour digital answering service, 206-888-6606. Don't worry, no one's going to answer the phone. Just record your call into our digital recording machine. I get emailed an MP3 file, and we'll play it for you on the show. You'll hear some of those coming up in just a minute. As promised, we have Facebook superstar Mari Smith. She's an amazing person. We've been um, going back and forth on Twitter, and she's very, very active in all the social media. And she'll tell us how to build Facebook pages for business and personal business. We have the first interview with Michael Stelzner, creator of the Social Media Marketing Industry Report. And coming up on future shows this month, Twitter King, Chris Brogan, a super, super nice guy. We had dinner with Chris at... Um, uh, PodCamp in, uh, sorry, PubCon in Austin, Texas. He's a super uh, social media guru and a great, great guy. Plus, Richard Binhammer. We sat down with Richard in Austin, and he's Richard at Dell. And he talks all about how a big company like Dell Computers uses social media for customer service. And if that wasn't enough, I recorded a live presentation called 10 Strategies for Marketing Your Company and Your Personal Brand in a Recession. And I recorded the session, and we've actually attached the slides with the audio. So look for that as a special audio plus video version of the podcast coming up shortly. Well, let's get to it. The first call uh, comes all the way from Israel. Hi, Jay and the team. This is Nicole Fleischer calling from Israel. I listen to the podcast every week as I commute to the Upper Galilee, and I thank you and the team very much for it. I have a question, and it is about the duplicate content, whether you always recommend to put a PR as an HTML page on my website, and then, let's say, 24 hours later, to put it up on PR web. Though I'm afraid I've been hearing that that would be that I could be penalized because I'm creating duplicate content. Could you spend a few minutes on that and about the new canonical tag? Thank you very much and keep up the good word. Over here in Israel, we enjoy very much your podcast. Thanks. Hey, Nicole, it's awesome to hear you from the other side of the world. Um, two questions, I guess. Number one is about duplicate content for press releases. And that's why we recommend when you're doing a press release and you want to add that press release to the search engines, you want to get picked up in Google and the other search engines, 
add the press release to your website first. Google will not penalize you when they find other websites picking up your press release or your unique content because you will be the first place to originate the content. And that's why it's so important when you do a web optimized press release, get that press release on your page first, then use a wire service such as PR web or business wire to send out that release. Other sites will pick up your release, but Google will recognize that you were the originator of that content. You want to link to that page from a blog, from Twitter, make sure it gets indexed, wait 24 to 72 hours. And once Google has read your page, you are the originator of that unique content. Your second question was about the um, canonicalization. And Matt Cutts from Google, the engineer, we've had Matt on the show before, talked about canonicalization on his blog recently at mattcuttscutts.com. And um, let me just read quickly from his blog, and then I'll have the link to his blog in the show notes. He also did a video on a YouTube video on this topic. So the question, what is a canonical URL? And he said, sorry, it's a strange word. That's what we call it around Google. Canonicalization is the process of picking the best URL where there are several choices, and it usually refers to the home pages. For example, most people would consider these the same URLs, www.example.com, example.com, www.example.com slash index.html, example.com slash home.asp. But technically, all of these are different. A web server could return completely different content for all the URLs above. When Google canonicalizes a URL, we try to pick the URL that seems like the best representative from that set. So canonicalization is basically picking the most important of the URLs, and it's something that they go on to make sure, uh, Matt explains, uh, how do I make sure that Google picks the URL I want? One thing that helps is to pick the URL that you want and use that URL consistently across your entire site. For example, don't make half your links go to http colon slash slash example.com and the other half go to http colon slash slash www.example.com. Instead, pick the URL you prefer and always use that format for your internal links. Basically, it's about consistency across your web development. Next up, let's hear from Joe Kawano. Hi, Jay. This is Joe Kawano from JoeKawano.com, Multimedia and Design, and LifeTrainLLC.com's Life Skills Series. I'm calling into your podcast because I want to know about the ethics of uh, altering logos, especially uh, social media icons, for use on someone's website. I've got a, a couple clients right now, at least uh, well, one right now, and I'd like to have the opportunity to put up some um, nice, shiny social media icons on this person's site and looking through the, the legal documents on some of the social media sites, I see that you know sites like Dig, for example, say it's okay to alter their, their logos. Facebook says no, but many people do go ahead and, and take the, the basic logos for, for social media sites, uh, even uh, altering them to provide free online packs with new shinier looks and, and things like that. And it seems like creating a shinier version of a social media site's logo would be quite in the spirit of what they'd want you to do because they just want to drive traffic to their sites and anything that's more eye-catching would presumably do that. But it seems like the, the legal letter of the law was against it in some cases. 
But even uh, the new Star Trek movies website put out by Paramount, which should be a big enough company to do everything possible to avoid litigation, has altered social media icons on its site. So what is the uh, what is a socially responsible and law-abiding designer and internet marketer to do? Well, thanks for calling in because I know your show is really informational and it has been very inspiring in many mind-broadening ways. So this is uh, Joe from joekawano.com. That's J-O-E-K-A-W-A-N-O.com and lifetrainllc.com. Thanks for your help. Thanks. Bye. Hey, Joe. Thank, thanks for your uh, trust in answering, thinking I could answer that question. Um, you know, my policy is always don't break the law and altering someone's logo that's a trademarked logo would be against that policy unless it explicitly states that you can do that on their site. So I would always stick to the letter of the law. It probably is just as easy to build some different graphics around the logos and go with that. I'm, I'm speaking at the Legal Marketing Association uh, next week in Washington, D.C. Maybe I can get you a better answer. But for now, I'd have to stick with um, playing it safe. Uh, next up, as you folks who've listened to the show before know, we have a great sponsor, and I use it all the time. I love it. It's called GoToMeeting. And what I've asked you all to do is if you use the GoToMeeting software by Citrix, call in and tell us how you like it. So here's a real live commercial from James Trainer at Citrix. Hi, I'm James Trainer, Director of Client Relations for Centrix Solutions. And we've been using GoToMeeting for over three years, and it's been an invaluable tool to show our prospects and our current clients how Centrix works, what its advantages are, and it just makes it really easy because we start a meeting and we can have up to 15 people in the meeting and it has really made doing business online much, much easier for us. So kudos to GoToMeeting and also to 10 Golden Rules and Jay Berkowitz. Thanks so much. Hey James, thanks for calling in. Um, you guys should also check out Centrix, S-Y-N-T-R-Y-X. Centrix, it's a great affiliate and um, competitive monitoring tool, and we use it over 10 Golden Rules, and I'm glad to hear you listening, and thanks for calling in, James. Okay, next up, let's get right into some of the content. I mentioned Michael Stelzner off the top of the show. He created the Social Media Marketing Industry Report. If you're listening to the show live in the week of uh, March 23, this is breaking news. Um, and the report is available at www.whitepapersource.com forward slash social media marketing. That's whitepapersource.com forward slash social media marketing. And it's a brand new report. Michael is going to tell you all about it in the interview. But I thought it was really, really exciting. When I took the survey online, I reached out to Michael and I said, hey, can we talk about this? He's um, an author. He's a popular blogger. He's a popular speaker in the social media space. Let's check in with Michael Stelzner and find all about this new report. We are debuting or two podcasts in a row. They weren't exactly weekly. We are debuting and breaking some news. The Social Media Marketing Industry Report. I guess, Michael, this will be the first podcast you're doing, right? Correct, yes. And thank you so much for doing it. And let me just tell you a little bit about Michael. He is the author of Writing White Papers, and he's the guru in that area. He is behind a really interesting new report, the Social Media Marketing Industry Report. 
How Marketers Are Using Social Media to Grow Their Business. Michael, welcome to the podcast, and thanks for doing this. Hey, Jay. Thank you very much for having me. So how did it all come about? Well, it's a funny story. I was driving to work one morning on a Thursday morning, and I thought to myself, you know, there hasn't been anybody doing any real studies in the social media space. And on Friday, I wrote up a study, contacted a couple of my friends on Twitter, and before you know it, the thing was live. And hundreds of people started retweeting this, and 10 days later, I had almost 900 people that had taken the report. So uh, I knew that there was just this mass amount of interest amongst my peers, fellow marketers, to learn how their peers are doing social media marketing. And that, that's kind of how it all got started. You know, a lot of great ideas start on a whim, and that, this was a whim. Well, and a lot of times we have whims and don't take action, so congratulations for making it happen. Well, thank you. And I think I came across a retweet or something like that, and I immediately took the survey, and then I reached out to you and said, when you've got it live, can we talk about it? So uh, Absolutely. I'm glad we were able to make this happen. Talk to me a, a little bit some of the study methodology, because I think we're, to a certain extent, this might be a little bit self-fulfilling. If you populated the survey from Twitter, it might be a little over-indexed. Well, actually, it wasn't just Twitter. We asked people who took the study to help spread the word, and uh, people used Facebook, people used Twitter, email, blogs. As a matter of fact, uh, we were able to track quite a bit of this, and, and we even sent out an email to 2,500 marketers trying to get the tail end of this, you know what I mean, at the tail end of it after we were like in the six or 700s to try to get that last couple hundred in there. This is truly representative of all sorts of different mediums as far as the collection process, but for sure it started with Twitter. But these days, everything starts with Twitter, so I don't think it's all that shocking. You know? Yeah, and it certainly seems very representative against different sizes of businesses and different um, right. experience levels and ages and demographic genders and stuff like yeah. that. But we won't spend too much time on that. Sure. Why don't we touch on a few of the major findings? Sure. And then uh, I've got a couple of specific questions, if you don't mind. Sure. Well, a couple things that came out of this were, which are really, really interesting was, first of all, the number of people that are doing social media marketing, 88% of marketers are doing some form of social media marketing. But here's the kicker. Most of these people have been doing it for only a few months or less. And in the grand scheme of things, it probably doesn't surprise me considering how Twitter and Facebook have rose to prominence rather recently and marketers are just kind of jumping on that bandwagon. But the fact that it's such a new thing and the fact that so many marketers have been diving into the pool of social media marketing is frankly a very unique thing. And I can't think of any kind of a marketing frontier that has recently emerged that's as hot as this right now. So that's one of the big findings is that people are so new to it. And then the other really scary finding that people are spending at least five hours a week doing social media marketing. That was a really interesting thing. In my notes here, I called it time versus time. Yeah. And what I meant by that is the people who were newer to it were spending less time on it. Right. Those just beginning were spending about two hours per week. But those of us who've been doing it for years are spending 20-plus hours per week. Exactly. So basically, for about 40% of marketers are spending at least 10 hours a week doing social media. You might want to wonder, why in the world are they doing that? And I, I have my own theory. I think that because the economy is in a tailspin right now, a lot of traditional marketing vehicles have been abandoned. And this leaves marketers with the opportunity to experiment. Direct mail, print advertising, radio advertising, television advertising, a lot of these mediums are scaling back. Thus, marketers are now investing time into learning this new medium. But you are right that the more time, the more experienced folks are investing more time, and I think that's indicative of the fact that it works. Why would they be spending so much more time <laughs> you know, if it wasn't providing them some objective benefit? 
Yeah, it's almost an endorsement for the space in that the people who've been doing it longer are doing it more. Exactly. And this call is an endorsement of the space. You Twittered. Someone else retweeted it. And they supported what you were doing. Right. I reached out to you. You got this thing done through social media. It's a social media study on social media, proving social media. There's a whole case study behind the scenes here about how this whole thing came about, and you're absolutely right. I'm going to have to document that. There's a great chart called the benefits of social media marketing. Right. You know, I really want to get into the meat and potatoes of this because people are always asking me, like, what's it good for? What does it do? Does it really work? Et cetera, et cetera. Right. So the number one result, 81% said it generated exposure for my business. Right. Um, number two, 61% increased my traffic, subscribers, opt-in list. Right. Uh, number three, 56% said it resulted in new business partnerships. Uh, 52% helped us rise in the search engine ranking. 48% generated qualified leads. Right. Those you are know, pretty significant findings. Yeah, these are real. That, that's the kind of list everyone would like to have on their year-end report if they work at a company or certainly as a, as a business or a small business. You want those results for yourself. You want to speak to that a little bit? Well, what's, what's even more amazing about this, Jay, is that we broke down those people just getting started versus those doing it for months versus those doing it for years. And in every single situation, those numbers went up for those people that had been doing it longer. And we also looked at how many hours a week people are using, and those people that are committing more hours per week are achieving those benefits even more so. So the moral of the story is that this stuff works. And as a matter of fact, generating qualified leads which is one of the hot kickers that everybody's interested in. You know, can you use social media to generate qualified leads? Well, guess what? More than 70% of marketers that have been at this for years have been generating qualified leads with social media. And the same thing goes with hours. 60% of marketers that are spending 11 or more hours are generating qualified leads with social media. And right now, that's what it's all about with marketers. I was shocked, frankly, when I saw these results. I, you know, I wasn't expecting this kind of response. I think that is part of the reason why social media is growing so rapidly is because marketers see the value and they're taking their companies into this frontier, essentially experimenting with it and seeing amazing results. Yeah, it's interesting. I was just thinking, how real is this for me? And uh, aside from a ton of interesting people I've met and great conversations sure. like this one, and those of you who listen to this podcast know that We've met some amazing people and had some amazing experiences. This podcast for me has generated speaking opportunities, clients. I've had real business through Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. So right. I'm definitely a check mark in all those categories. Do you want right. to talk about some real examples for yourself or maybe some of the things that you heard about from people who took the survey? Yeah, Twitter is clearly what everybody's talking about right now. And, you know, stories are everywhere about how small businesses and big businesses are using it. For example, I was, I was emailing uh, the Ford Motor Company has a social media strategist, an executive who's totally dedicated to social media. He was on Fox News recently. Guy's been all over the place generating exposure for Ford. And I asked him, what has this done for your business? And he said this has been an enormous thing for Ford. So, you know, there's a company that's an old school company that you would never expect to be on the social media frontier. Yeah, he's actually been on the show, Scott Monty. Yeah, exactly. Great Scott guy, Monty. and he's done an amazing job for Ford, and he's really gotten Ford out ahead of a lot of the issues. And by monitoring and being so active in communities like Twitter, right. he was able to sense a lot of the issues that the big three were getting attacked for and really give feedback to some of the main executives of Ford when they were going for bailout money. You don't have to be a big company. I mean, there's so many stories that are untold of the small guys that are uh, achieving amazing exposure and success. 
before this call, we were talking about Mari Smith, who's the queen of Facebook, and she has been doing amazing things with Twitter and Facebook to, to try to help people understand how to use these unique platforms to really help businesses succeed. And I'm just shocked at the number of movie stars and, and actors and uh, sports fans that are getting on Twitter. I mean, that's just that just shows you that just about anybody. Yeah, Shaquille O'Neal is hilarious. Oh, yeah, exactly. Shaq was on there, and you heard the story probably about how he was in a restaurant, and these guys that lived in the local town said, well, let's go down and check it out, and sure enough, it was him, and Shaq said on his uh, iPhone, I sent someone is Twittering next to me, yeah. and they got all freaky, freaky, and, and he finally said, come on over, and they came over, and they got pictures with Shaq, and it was a huge deal. <laughs> You know, Shaq's a big guy. He can he can afford to tell everybody where he is. Where yeah, I'm not sure I would do that. Legitimizes it, right? Yeah, I mean, you know, when those kind of things happen, or when you hear about Martha Stewart having a hundred thousand followers on there, and it it really is a big deal. I'll actually plug another big company because in the next show, Richard Binhammer, he'll be on our next podcast. Excellent. And he's Richard at Dell. There you go. And he's done an amazing job building that customer service function in Twitter and really being there in the community, monitoring what's being said, reaching out to people, and being there. And in the case of myself, I had a customer service complaint because we, we didn't get a machine, and it was a couple of days late, and we were getting really frustrated, and the, the customer service couldn't help us out. And I reached out to Richard and got a really good result, so we'll hear all about that in the next podcast. Well, Dell is selling a million dollars worth, has sold over a million dollars of product on Twitter just giving Twitter coupons out. Yeah. And they have over 184,000 followers now. Yeah. Amazing. It just shows you. I mean, the big guys are doing it. That's that's a sign that it's gone mainstream. It's the little guys that get it started, and it's the big guys that make it big, and make everybody else come on board. You know, commonly used social media tools: 86% are on Twitter, 79% on blogs, 78% on LinkedIn, 77% on Facebook, 41% on YouTube, which is actually too low. But let's start with the big guys, and then I want to ask you about YouTube. Why do you think Twitter is so big, and what did the survey tell us about how people are using it and, and how people should be applying this learning? Twitter is kind of the starting point. Twitter is one of those kind of things that's painless. Everybody can do it. It doesn't require a lot of effort. You can be up and running in seconds. And Twitter is essentially a stream of content, and uh, because of that, there's a lot of discovery that's being made on Twitter. But at the end of the day, the blog is the destination, and that's why I think those two are number one and number two. Twitter is the uh, the way to attract attention, and your blog is the place that they go to learn more about what it is that you do, because Twitter is 140 characters, and blogs are unlimited amount of content and video. So I think that bloggers have been around a lot longer, obviously, and they're the ones that have been experiencing some of the best benefits of this, but when you couple Twitter and a blog together, that's when I think you have an amazing social media experience that uh, transcends just a network like Twitter, because a blog is your own network, you know, and your own social interaction with the prospects and customers. So YouTube's just at 41%. I think YouTube is a real marketing monster that perhaps it's a, an opportunity for folks, given that not that many people have really engaged it. And when I say it's so important, it's 25% of Google's searches now come from YouTube. Right. Uh, YouTube is now the number three Alexa site in the world. Alexa rates sites for unique visitors and number of page views. Right. And number one is Yahoo, number two is Google, number three is YouTube. Right. And Yahoo's higher than Google still because they have more page views, not as many unique visitors. People that have been doing this for years, it's a much higher. 66% of those guys are on YouTube. I think that you're going to see a lot of new people just getting their, their start here with something like Twitter, and then they begin to see the value prop. Comparing Twitter to YouTube, Twitter is 40, 140 characters that you can do in seconds. YouTube is something that requires production. 
You know a little what I mean? bit of work, yeah. At least yeah. you got to shoot it, edit it, yeah, exactly. load it. You know, it's, there's a, a much higher. But I'm with you. Video is huge, and I think you're only going to see more and more of it. I think it's going to be much more prominent in the business-to-consumer world than it is going to be in the business-to-business world, uh, because you know consumers digest a lot more video than than business folks do. But I think eventually you're going to see it working its way into the business-to-business world as well. And I just want to grab one other stat: the uh, social media tools people want to learn more about. Right. That was an interesting thing. Social bookmarking, number one. Almost 60% want to know more about social bookmarking sites like Delicious. And that was just closely followed by Twitter. And, of course, even though everybody's using Twitter, a lot of people still don't know how to use it right. And that's why I think a lot of people want to understand how to use Twitter. And there was like a four-way tie for third place with LinkedIn, StumbleUpon, Facebook, and then um, sites like Dig. Yeah, there's a lot that people want to learn, and these social bookmarking sites are right now at the top of the list. And uh, I think a lot of people just don't understand how to use those to drive traffic to their site. I have an answer for this question, and I'll give it in a minute. But why don't I let you go first? How should people use these social networking sites? Of course, everyone wants to know, how do I make money at it? Yeah. But how should they use it? They should they they should throw out their traditional way of thinking and not market themselves or their product. That's how they should use them. If they come to the table and they strip out any product marketing mentality that they have, they will achieve success quicker. It's not about you. Um, when was the last time you went to a cocktail party and uh, you introduced yourself to someone and all they could do is talk about themselves? You want to run to the door. Well, guess what? The key word here is social. So the social nature of the face-to-face world works its way online, and nobody wants to hear about what you sell, at least not in the beginning. So the trick is to talk about things that everybody cares about in your niche, not necessarily about yourself, and I think that's the key to success, or at least a starting point. That's awesome. I couldn't have said it better myself. I've been using the three E's, educate, entertain, and engage. There you go. And if you can do all of those three things as a mix of everything you're doing in social media, I think it helps. I concentrate a lot on Internet marketing messaging and either trying to come up with new tweets or new messages, cover content in a different way, and then comment on other people's stuff. But then I think it's great once in a while, I'll send a link to a blip.fm, which is a song that I think is great, or a new song, or like the new U2 song when it came out. It's something I think people might not have heard or thought of in, in that way. And I put a funny picture of my dog up the other day, because I think if you can give people a smile too, it helps them understand your, yourself as an individual and build your brand and personality a little bit. Absolutely. I just think this is a great, great concept. I'm uh, jealous that you thought of it and and did it so well, and I hope you have a tremendous success with it. Well, thanks. Is there anything else you want to share or any other? um, Yeah, I just want to, you know, if you're you're listening to this and you want to pick up a copy of the report, you want to go to whitepapersource.com slash social media marketing. So whitepapersource.com slash social media marketing, and you can get a copy, no registration required. I think you'll find a lot of great stuff there. That's awesome, and everybody knows the links will be in the show notes. Cool. Well, Michael, this is great. Thank you so much for doing this, and uh, I hope it just, uh, you know, is all the buzz over the next couple of weeks on Twitter. Hey, thanks a lot, Jay. Well, kudos to Michael, and great, great job getting that study up, out, and um, it is now live whenever you're listening to this. The study should be available at whitepapersource.com slash social media marketing. And uh, hopefully, Michael's, ha- if you're listening to this a couple weeks hence, hopefully, Michael's had a great run of success with this study. I think it's a great idea. The results are fantastic, and you can see exactly what the top marketers are doing 
to market in the social media space. Speaking of top marketers, next up is the incredibly bubbly, outgoing, amazing Mari Smith. And it took me over a month to get this interview live. I've been promising it and promising it. Mari and I sat down at Affiliate Summit in Las Vegas. And Facebook has even changed their naming convention for the fan pages. But essentially what a Facebook fan page is, it's a business page. A page that you can create to promote a business as opposed to a profile, which is supposed to be for yourself as a person. So all of Mari's coaching is still a thousand percent current and um, she's just a pleasure to be around. And every time I see a Twitter from her, she makes me smile. She's got a great upbeat attitude. She's a lot of fun. We're a member of a couple different online communities and I just want to turn her on live now, Mari Smith. And like me, she was born in Canada, but she has a really nice Scottish. <laughs> I'm really excited today to be with Mari Smith and like me, she was born in Canada but she has a really nice Scottish brogue. <laughs> Welcome, Mari. Thank you, Jay. It's lovely to be here with you. And Mari is the Facebook guru, and I'm sure many of you have heard of her. And we're going to talk about Facebook and how to get started with Facebook, how to use it personally. And then we're going to do 10 tips, of course, <laughs> and 10 tips for how to use Facebook for business, right? How to promote your Facebook page, actually. It's a little-known secret on Facebook. It's a Facebook business page, sometimes called a fan page. And we're going to talk about 10 ways to promote that. Because a lot of the times people come to me and go, okay, Mari, you know, I've, I figured out this fan page. I've got it up now, but now what do I do? And it's like, now what do I do? It? So I want to cover that with you today. We need 10 tips of how to actually promote that page. And of course, I'm very selfishly going to think about how we create something for 10 golden rules in the Facebook space. Great. So Mari, tell us all a little bit about your background and how you became the Facebook guru. <laughs> okay. Well, And uh, by the way, she's sitting here pre-sending her Twitter tweets and DMing me on Twitter, and she's an absolute social media guru too, but we'll stick to Facebook once we get going. <laughs> Thanks, Jay. Okay, so for the last 10 years, since 99, I've been in the world of relationships. I'm a certified relationship coach, and I used to, in the early 2000s, was focused a little more on personal relationships, working with singles and couples. Now, I actually have two tracks, so that's my one track. My first love, if you will, was people and relationships. And this other track, as an internet marketer since 99, creating information products, websites, email lists, you name it, uh, copywriting. And I always felt like I was wearing two hats. And it's like, a, it, I was kind of like having sometimes had an identity crisis. Okay, which one am I? And so you were sitting down with couples on the couch and then hopping on your computer and <laughs> hanging out in message boards, right? Well, yeah, 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 I'm making information. But then I Back made it, in the old days. Yeah, and I made an information product specifically for uh, singles, actually, um, uh, many years ago. So what happened is in uh, July of 07, I got invited to participate on the alpha team of a, a Facebook application uh, called PodClass, and it's a place where you can take and teach courses. And... The CEO is a friend of mine, so excited about being a Facebook application. I thought, gee, I better check out what this Facebook is about. And I had actually been invited by a few people to go and check it out. I tell you, the moment that I got set up on Facebook, I literally fell in love. It was like my two tracks suddenly became one, a world of relationships, which, by the way, I had really migrated more into professional relationships and more into relationship marketing and general success and life coaching than just relationship coaching. And so in summer of 07, when I immersed myself into Facebook and really saw the power of people and technology, because really uh, Facebook and Twitter, they're mediums through which we can connect 
with more people and do that more efficiently and effectively. So I very quickly learned this platform and to the point that everybody I met, all my professional peers, I'd say, are you on Facebook yet? Are you on Facebook? No, <laughs> you got to get on Facebook. Let me show you how. And, you sound like me with podcasting. <laughs> oh, yeah, really? Yeah, you become an well, evangelist. Funny, when you find your passion yeah. and something really connects with you, and I find that not everybody really gets podcasts. Yeah. And I found out, I think, I'm an auditory learner. And about 25% of the population is into auditory learning. And so I just love this medium. And to me, it's absolutely the way to go. I, I like Facebook. Don't yeah, get me wrong. Right. And, I, and LinkedIn and Twitter. But, you know, some people just Twitter all day. Right. You find your groove. But it's, you understand the power of it, Jay. So you've been able to, to monetize it and, and to spread your message further and wider. And so same here with Facebook. I really saw the power very quickly in being able to reach people that you may never previously have been able to get hold of because uh, people are very responsive uh, typically on Facebook and you can be friends with, with high-level influential people in your industry, key uh, marketers, internet marketers, authors, speakers, trainers, whatever your industry. Actually, one of my first Facebook friends was Leonardo DiCaprio, the, the uh, actor wow. and environmental <laughs> activist. I saw that he was using Facebook to gain awareness for his 11th hour movie and I was so excited and I reached out and friended him. Now, of course, he's not like my buddy that we hang out and chit-chat and have drinks, you know. <laughs> but he's my Facebook friend. So uh, I got written up in Fast Company. Fast Company approached me, and uh, when we did our interview, uh, I told them I'm an overnight success, 10 years in the making. And, and I say that in a lot of my presentations, and people can really relate to it. Because like, all of a sudden, I have this massive visibility, this massive success, and people, they don't see all the you know, 10 years of hard work that's gone in behind the scenes. But they call I, me. I always love the story of Picasso. Yeah when he was sitting in a French cafe uh -huh. very late in his life and a woman came up to him and said sir would you mind um, you know scribbling a little something on this napkin and, and signing it for me and so he did it and five minutes later he said that'll be five thousand dollars <laughs> and she said oh my god five thousand dollars that only took you five minutes and he said no ma'am it took me 65 years <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Beautiful. <laughs> so um, anyway, Fast Company call me the Pied Piper of Facebook, and that title's kind of stuck in, in many circles, the Pied Piper of Facebook, because I'm such an evangelist. I'm always bringing people over onto it and began creating products and programs and services, consulting and training to really help people understand the power of Facebook and to leverage myself, too, because very quickly I was running out of time to do one-on-one uh, -on -one consulting and training, and so set up some programs to be able to reach more people and, and write a blog and, and things like that. So Facebook by itself is very, very powerful. I really encourage people not to put all their social networking eggs into one basket. <laughs> There's a, So to speak. Yeah, right. There's a triumvirate, which really is the uh, triad, if you will, the Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn, those three sites. Because people ask me all the time, you might hear this as well, Jay, that people will say there's just so many sites, there's hundreds of social networks. I get invited every day to this one, that one, and the other one. Uh, I don't know which ones to join. And I always say to people, you know, just go ahead and set up a profile. Or you can delegate this even. You're just going to have a standard format. Your picture, your bio, your about me section, whatever. Standard. Slap it up there. If people are looking for you in that platform, they can at least find you. you got presence. But the three to be active on are Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Could not, if you can. If you can. If you can only pick one, maybe it would be Facebook or Twitter. But It's a great recommendation because we just got started. We're helping a new company called Bintro. Yeah. business introductions right. and basically what I did I took my LinkedIn profile uh -huh. just copied and pasted it into a word doc then copied and pasted everything into the Bintro profile 
because I want to say the same things and I actually want to be consistent. Right. Like I just changed my photo on Twitter and then I realized, well, why don't I just change it on Facebook and LinkedIn and Bintro and have the same consistent image in the marketplace for a small period of time and then I'll get creative in a month or so and change it again. Right. No, I completely concur. Uh, last spring, spring of 07, I actually uh, had a photo shoot, a professional photo shoot. And, um, and <laughs> Okay, this is live podcasting and they need the tablecloth. <laughs> so keep going. So um, photos, I actually uh, grabbed a, a turquoise top, which I had <laughs> my photo shoot in the spring of 08. Uh, and literally my business took on a whole new direction. It became my brand. And you see me everywhere I go. I wear turquoise, my whole site, my Twitter page, my avatar. Everything's about that little Your touch. business card, that's yeah. great. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, to concur, it's very, very important to have that consistent photograph throughout yeah, all these any kind sites. of. It's like con- consistent branding for a company. Mm-hmm. If you can find right. something to run as a consistent thread through your business, that's great. I'll, I'll retell this story. So I was interviewing Jason Calacanis last year. And this guy sees Jason, and he, he gets really excited, and he was on a scooter because he had knee surgery or something. So he didn't really know how to operate it. And he literally smashed into our table, and it was like, you know, like this. <laughs> the, the people who've been listening to the podcast for a long time remember it, but it was it was a great moment in podcasting. Not 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 quite as exciting as removing our tablecloth yeah. here. But. Well, it would have been excited if they just came and whipped it out. And it yeah, like she wanted to with our computers <laughs> and everything sitting on the table. Stuff all over the table. Uh, <laughs> So we were talking about consistent branding across your social networks, but I think it's great that you you really summed it up for people, and 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 that's a great point. You know what I what I tell people a lot of times, they want to get started in social networking, and I say pick one of the networks first, and you're, you're exactly right. Maybe set up a profile everywhere, but if you keep getting a lot of Facebook introductions, or if everybody wants you to, you know, everyone in your circle of friends is talking about Twitter, that's probably the one to get started with. Right. Because you're going to have a lot of natural friendships and associations on that one. Yeah, yeah. But let's focus on Facebook here. You create your profile. What are some of the basics to getting set up, getting started, and getting in there and making it happen for yourself with a little bit of a business focus here? Okay, so just some this general... Is, this is not the uh, high school class program. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So some fundamentals. For those people that are not yet on Facebook, you're going to go to facebook.com and register for an account. And the terms of use stipulate you can have one account and it must be in your own personal name, your first name and your last name. Uh, you can't have an account in your business name. You can have a page, which we're going to talk about in a moment. But um, that personal profile essentially is designed for you to stay in touch with people you know already. Now, here's where you get creative. At first, when you go in, you want to for sure populate your profile with some content. Definitely put an avatar. Jay and I were just talking there about the importance of that consistent avatar, which is basically your headshot. It's always important to do your face, not a... A photo, right? A photo of your face. I know I wrote a blog post once and said, it's called Facebook for a reason. You know? <laughs> Don't put your dog or your cat or landscape, house, cars, Great body parts. Picture. Oh, my God. Prom picture. <laughs> People put all kinds of crazy stuff on there. But a uh, nice picture of your face and then some content with your blog links and about me and interest. So basically there's something going on there. You filled out your profile roundly enough that people, when they come to it, they see that you know, you've got some content there. Then you're going to reach out and basically add friends that you already know. You might import your address book. And this is going to be people that you already know and have a relationship with. And then from there, I would say if you could go ahead and make a list of all the people whose books you read, blogs you read, easy and you subscribe to 
events, the seminars you go to, people you've always admired in your industry. And those people you will find are on, a vast majority of them are already on Facebook. You want to reach out and, and invite them to be your friend. What uh, a great suggestion. And you mentioned a number of prominent authors and speakers that you're friends with. Right. Do you right. remember some of those names? Well, yeah, all these people like Joel Com, Mark Victor Hansen, Jack Canfield, Harv Ecker, uh, I mean, all the different internet marketers, Alex Mendoza. I'm now on Alex Mendozian's faculty for his teleseminar secrets. And I've known Alex for years, and a lot of these, these people in my industry, I've known them, so that whole saying about it's not what you know, it's who you know, that's accurate. At the same time, it's who knows you. Because all these people, well, I knew them, but now they know me. Literally to the point, you know, they come up to me at events. I just met Joel Calm for the first time face-to-face. We've been buddies online for quite some time. And he's like, come on, hi, Mari, you know, a great big hug, like we're long-lost buddies. And I'm like, yeah. It's know. amazing now how the online friendships, you know, it's almost secondary to meet yeah. someone in person. But yeah, well, men it, make it real, you know. Yeah, I call it virtual rapport. We've literally spent all this time creating virtual rapport to the point when you meet them. That's pretty much all that remains yeah. to be done is to actually meet the person face-to-face, you know. So, um, okay, so then once you've got your information, you're starting to build out these friends, and then you're going to for sure want to go and set up your page, your business page. It's also sometimes called a fan page. Uh, the political pages, they call them supporters. Otherwise, you've got fans. And sometimes if you're like a solo professional... Barack Obama has how many supporters? Almost 4 million at the time yeah. of this recording. Yeah, 4 million. Yeah, and d- yeah. does he have more Facebook friends now than... Um Tequila, tequila. No, she was on MySpace, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know who, that. Who was the most famous person on Facebook before Barack eclipsed oh, them? Oh, you know. Um, oh, but well, Michael no. But Phelps, the interesting the thing swimmer? is, you can <laughs> yeah. only have five thousand friends, friends, right? Yeah, but you can have unlimited fans, and that's why it's so important to, to really build up that presence with the Facebook pages. Because from a business perspective, unless you're very, very social. Uh, that's really a way to build up a list of people that you can send a message to, people that are going to see your updates. So exactly. the pages becomes a big opportunity from a business perspective. Well, it does. When you think of Barack, he could have one click of a button, he can send out a message to 4 million people through Facebook. And the one thing with the Facebook pages or fan pages, business pages. And he pages, only has 165,000 Twitter followers. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> what, yeah. what good is that? Yeah. Well, he Interestingly, he hasn't updated yet. Well, he had to stop tweeting for legal reasons, but it would be very exciting to see. I, I hope that he gets to tweet uh, after he gets inaugurated. Yeah. But um, anyway, we'll see how all that goes. I felt a little bit ripped off. It's like, uh, yeah, you, you, you didn't mind like <laughs> tweeting me every time you wanted a donation or wanted me to watch your new video, but you won't tweet me now that you're actually going to be doing the things we want to see you doing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Pretty sure his advisory board were like, okay, yeah. hold the hold yeah. off now, but we'll see. Mm-hmm. But anyway, with the Facebook pages, you've got this opportunity to click update. I'll say send an update. Actually, also, you can add applications. One of the really powerful features that's very much underutilized, because it's not obvious. A lot of this stuff is not obvious, and so I really love to teach it, that when you set up your Facebook fan page, you can install applications, including an app that will allow you to put an opt-in box. You literally have an opt-in box right there on your... Actually, you can have one on your profile as well as on your fan page. Yeah, so I highly always recommend that. And you can just copy your HTML from your regular, whether you use one shopping cart, AWeber, Constant Contact, whatever... You know, easy management or email management you copy the code and drop it right into one of the apps that I use it's called profile HTML so uh, yeah that's different. really great isn't that cool <laughs> yeah 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 that's the other interesting thing I find is you know people sign up with you on Facebook and then you forget how you met them right I think that's one of the things Facebook and LinkedIn and Twitter could actually upgrade yeah is you could put a note on people's accounts the same way you can in your outlook 
Oh, I know. I know yeah, exactly. Like, what I you met mean. this person at Affiliate Summit, and she's a Facebook guru, and she's friends with all these <laughs> experts, you know, like the same way you might in your Outlook. Right. To make a note from a personal jotting perspective. She loves turquoise. Yeah. And <laughs> right, right, exactly. Thank you. There is an application. Uh, I haven't used it for quite some time because I have to remember to use it, but I, I know exactly what you're talking about. And there is an application in Facebook that will allow you to annotate, put personal private annotations on people's profiles so only you can see it and for that very reason awesome so it, someone's thought of everything yeah you need, right? yeah yeah they have yeah and i haven't invented anything in years <laughs> everyone's <laughs> thought of everything already Darn. yeah yeah then there's a way you can export your friends through uh, i think it's through big site and it will come down as an excel spreadsheet will not take the email addresses very very important to know that that the email addresses are it's considered scraping if you try to pull them yeah. off and it's that's a big no-no you'll have your account shut down if you try to scrape email addresses because essentially it's really important from a business standpoint when people become your friends on facebook that is it they are essentially agreeing to be your facebook friend they're not agreeing to receive your marketing messages or for you to call them or email them until obviously you've built a relationship and rapport and it's by agreement but yeah that's happened to me sometimes i'll start to receive emails solicitation email and i just go and remove the person as a friend it's important to do that too like housekeeping you watch your feed and someone's sending you inappropriate yeah, you stuff you were mentioning <laughs> that when once you got up to five thousand friends you started scraping out some Scraping in a good way, <laughs> scraping out the yeah. bad, you know, the people who do promotional stuff and send messages that just take up space. Well, spammy stuff. I don't mind the promotional part, but it's the, it's the outright solicitations that are, are really uh, are disconcerting. And, and then also the applications. You've seen the ones where, you know, they throw sheep at you or, or <laughs> vampire bite and werewolves. And the one I really dislike. I don't need candy. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. I don't mind the good karma and the best personality or whatever, but the one that bugs me is uh, anything to do with violence. And there's one like Mob Wars. Yeah. As soon as someone sent me an invitation for Mob Wars, I'd go, I'd go and remove them as a friend. What's the difference between a group and a, a page? Oh, I love this. Actually, one of my blog posts is, uh, I write a blog at whyfacebook.com, and, and one of my posts is the difference, exactly that. Why Facebook? Yeah, W-H-Y-Facebook.com. Yeah, why should I be on Facebook? <laughs> Come to Why Facebook and find out. So the group, um, the group is great for a special interest or a hobby or a study group or focus group or mastermind, and it's usually around one kind of topic. And so you, but the, the benefit for the creator of the group is that you can message up to 5,000 people right in their inbox versus your, your fan page, you have unlimited updates, but it goes to a slightly different place. It doesn't go directly in. It's an email in their inbox. It goes to a separate place called updates. On your fan page, you can only send a notice to someone's Facebook account. Yes. In a group, you can send an email to their email account. Well, it goes to their Facebook email. And if they have notifications turned on, that means that their Facebook email is also coming into their regular email. Okay. But they wouldn't necessarily get the updates um, unless there might be a feature, actually, to have that turned on and get the notification that you've got an update. Okay, thanks for that. Sorry yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, not at all. But the, the, the thing with the page, see, the pages are indexed. You can have unlimited fans. You can add applications. With a group, you cannot add applications. You're maxed out at 5,000. You can The group can go bigger, bigger, but you'll have no way of reaching them. And it's really more around a special interest. Great for if you have a book coming out. You could have a study group and have people uh, give you testimonials and vote on content or the book cover and things like that. Yeah, well, let's get into these mm -hmm. 10 strategies for Facebook pages. Yeah. You know, I think everybody understands now that this is really what's differentiating Facebook as a business 
application and giving people an opportunity to build a list of fans. Um, you had a really great suggestion last night. You said you could also create a fun page. Right. You know, if you're a little self-conscious building your own fan page. Right. So creating your fan page or your fun page, mm-hmm. here's the 10 strategies. And the amazing thing you said is it actually indexes in the search engines, right? Absolutely. That's really the, the primary reason for having a Facebook page is the indexing in Google and then also because of the fact that over time, your personal account, you will reach that 5,000 max friend. So you want to be really treating them as very... I'm not, I, I won't. <laughs> well, you might. It just depends on your, how no, you're it's, using it's it. What you're, it's what you, how you apply yourself. Yeah, okay, so yeah, great. Exactly. So you create a page. You create a page. And just uh, for the record, uh, and I was just meeting with the Facebook's director of operations here at this uh, summit uh, yesterday... And I mentioned, you know, that it's very hard to find these pages. There's not that obvious of where to find them. And you go down to the very bottom of Facebook when you log in and you click on advertising. And it's in under, and who knew you could get something free under, under a link that says advertising. And so when you click on that, there's a place that says pages. You click on page, you're going to create your page. Now, here's your 10 ways to promote that page. This is what we're going to talk about specifically. The first one, you want to get a domain. You can get a domain. Now, I actually have, like, mine is marysmith.com forward slash fan page or forward slash fun page, the same one. Or actually, I think even have a Facebook page as well. But you could buy your own domain. Like, you could have, like, jayonfacebook.com or jaysfanpage.com or something like that. That's people, awesome. And the yeah. content from Facebook just redirects to that page. Well, you'd go and just do a redirect. Like, inside yeah. GoDaddy, you do a 301 to redirect. Yeah, you do a redirect to yeah. the... Uh, to the, to uh, the 301 redirect. 301, thank you. Is, thank you. Uh, a 301 redirect is the one that tells the search engines... Just to direct to this page that this page has moved. Yeah, perfect. So you get your domain and you're going to forward it because otherwise the domain for your page is really long. Now, actually, speaking about that, the title of your page is one of the most critical because that forms part of the URL, like a like a permalink of a blog. So you're trying to get some keywords in the keywords. domain URL name? Well, keywords in your the title of your page. Yeah. So if I wanted to say the 10 golden rules internet marketing strategy fun page or something. Sure. Then I get the term internet marketing strategy as a part of my keyword and search engine strategy. Is that, yeah, that what you're trying the, to accomplish? Yeah, that would be the title of your Facebook. When you're setting up your Facebook page, that's going to be the title of it. And it's the most important field because it's the only one you cannot change. Once you've set up your fan page, your business page, you can't go back. You can change everything else. You could always go and set another one up. There's no rules against multiple pages. Um, so then you buy the simple domain. The idea of the domain, your own domain.com, is, is that it's nice and simple and easy to remember. You can put it on cards and things like that. And so that's the first one. The second promotional tip is to uh, talk about on Twitter. And this is assuming you use Twitter, maybe use LinkedIn or other different online sites, but particularly Twitter, that you want to be talking to people. Hey, have you joined my fan page? Or if you come and check out my fun page or whatever it is you want to call it, my business page. And you have the link right over there to it. Depending on the following you have on Twitter, then you can get some traffic that way. So and then number three is content. And I always recommend that you create content that your fans, your tribe, your peeps, can only find on your Facebook page. Your homies. Your homies, yeah, right. So it might be a video. You could maybe you have video content or audio or specific articles, tips. Unique content, yeah. so something exclusive they can't find anywhere else. Yeah, because That's then awesome. otherwise why bother coming to your page? Well, not, not why bother. There are other reasons I'm going to talk about in a second here, but particularly that's one tip right there. So number three is content. Number four is drawings, to hold drawing. People love contests, and then you could have something, you know, for my hundredth fan that joins, or you could just have So them. these are not like Hugh McLeod drawings. These are <laughs> contest drawings. Yeah, they are. Win a prize. Real, real <laughs> win a prize. Or you could have a photo 
contest or a video content, people submit content and it gets voted on or something that just generates a bit of buzz and fun and interaction. Uh, so that's number four drawings. Number five is this is a, a, an offline or, or outside of Facebook promotional tip is you want to make sure with your blog that you can put a little badge with the Facebook logo that says uh, come and find us on Facebook or join our fan page or fun page or um, fan club. I've seen people call them flat fan clubs. And so you make sure that you have that promotional piece on your regular website or blog that you're going to gain that awareness. How about like what I'm trying to do is share education tips. Yeah. I'm, try- I'm looking for something to call it, like learning page, networking page. Sure, tips page. I guess page. you could call it whatever you want. Yeah, yeah tips internet page. marketing tips page. Or 10, like Jay's 10 golden ten golden tips page or something like that. Do you yeah. like to do the 10? I would have something in there about that. 10 tips. Number six would be a video, a video on YouTube. And if you know how to do Camtasia or you could just record yourself, but some kind of like, so that you've got that multimedia format. And putting Camtasia is great to add screen capture, right? Yeah, yeah, hugely. And you can just do like a little preview of your page so it looks inviting. So when people like, when you're asking them on Twitter or your blog or your business card or in person, you'll come check out my Facebook page and like, well, what is that? If you have a screen capture page, uh, a video, I mean, uh, and you have it up on YouTube, you could, you could have people going there. And, oh, I see. Oh, wow, that looks fun. Look at what's going on over there. And so number seven is interaction and discussion. You have a discussion board on your Facebook page. And I love this because every time I go in and look at my fan page, I can see that it's been interacted with like 20 seconds ago or 30 minutes ago. Community is really so great. and It's what Mm -hmm. it's all about. So when you can get people engaged in something. And that's why I think some of the groups on Facebook sort of sit there flat. Yeah. Because there's not a natural way to keep it going and to give people new stuff. Right, right. Yeah, it's what we call stickiness. It's so easy to click a button, be a member of a group. Now it's like, okay, so what? It's easy to click a button, be a fan of somebody's fan page. Now there's got to be a like, lot of cool stuff going on. And that's where the contests yeah, and the updates and the right. exclusive content gives them a yeah. reason to keep coming back. Exactly, that's exactly. Great. That's awesome. And so, with, for example, one of my discussion threads, I, I put this up. It says, uh, sh- what is your Twitter ID? Share here and we'll all follow. And I give them a format, specific format. You put your name, you put your Twitter ID, but not just the at Mari Smith, you know, you're going to put HTTP colon slash slash twitter.com forward slash Mari Smith, because now it's hyperlink. People click on it, boom, they're off on your Twitter site. And then you're going to put like one sentence. That's for yourself or for... On your fan page? No, this is a discussion thread. So cause okay. you have a discussion board on the fan so page. So everybody else can so, promote their Twitter. So me, as the page owner, I created a discussion topic that says, what's your Twitter ID? Share it here and we'll all follow. And I give them a format. So now I have hundreds of people have shared their name, their Twitter URL, and they'll say, I tweet about. And they say maybe 50 words about what it is they tweet about. And then I'll often put out a tweet on Twitter that says... If you're looking for new people to follow on Twitter, and I give them a direct link to my uh, Facebook page and then to come and look at the discussion so they can meet people that way. All right, number eight is acknowledging fans. When people become your fan, and you, some of this you can delegate, and you might have some template kind of acknowledgements and whatnot, but if you're doing this by yourself, and certainly uh, write a little personal greeting, you can go to that person's profile and just write on their wall, hey, thanks for being my fan, or if you know them on Twitter, oh, I really appreciate you being a fan of my fan page. That was the interesting thing that we learned from Gary Vaynerchuk in the mm-hmm. keynote yesterday and our podcast interview, uh-huh. that he said he spends about half an hour to 45 minutes creating his video. Right. And then he spends about four to seven hours a day just interacting with people. Yes. Direct replying to people on Twitter, at replying, asking them questions, answering questions, participating, being... And he was amazing when I reached out to him. He immediately came back to me with an email and 
just really, really practice what he preached. Right, yeah. That so is. that's a great tip. So really, if you really want a fan page to take off, you've got to really interact with your fans. And, and this stuff's hard work. And, you know, you need to be active and, mm-hmm. and engaged in it. You can't just throw up a fan page and expect a lot of fans unless maybe you're Leonardo DiCaprio but he or his publicity company probably actually worked that page really yeah. hard right yeah absolutely you're right you're right so um, but yeah acknowledging and engaging with fans and then number nine is to email you have a, your own opt-in email list you want to broadcast out to them and periodically mention your Facebook page and maybe just do a blast just talking about that hey we're on Facebook come over and join our fun page fan page fan club whatever it is that you're comfortable uh, calling it people have really come to, to know them as fan pages because, for example, and actually this is going to take me into number 10, but let me just clarify. So you send out an email, invite people to be a fan of your Facebook fan page, and then also put it in your signature file. You can join us on Facebook or find us on Facebook, I'll say. And so number 10 is the social ads. They're like, they work very similarly to Google AdWords. They can be targeted, and you can advertise your page. And if you're directing people from an ad to a place inside of Facebook, like a group or an event or a page, you're advertising something inside Facebook, people are more likely to interact and click on that. The social ad part comes from when the advertiser has checked off the button that says allow social actions. So if I'm advertising my fan page and somebody actually becomes a fan of that, then it would say John Doe just became a fan of Mari Smith's page. And their little avatar and name gets bolted on to my ad, giving them more visibility. So uh, social ads are really powerful in that way. And just often just for brand awareness, but especially when you're advertising something inside Facebook, people are more likely to click through. And, and it, are those free or do they cost money? They cost money, but they're actually they're cheaper than Google yeah. AdWords. They have a slightly lower uh, click-through rate. They're not that great for direct response, in other words, because people are, when they're in social networks, they're not in search mode. I go to Google to search. I go to a social network to be social and interact with people. But because there's great real estate on that side of that page, you're always going to see with your profile and the ads appear on profiles and like I say they can be very targeted very very demographic and keyword targeted so the right people are seeing your ad yeah. that's awesome well do you want do you mind quickly reviewing um, each of the the 10 uh, strategies for building Facebook pages. Yeah, 10 ways to promote your page. So number one is to get that domain, that special domain. So mariesfanpage.com. Actually, I should go and get that now because I don't have that. But (laughs) mine is is marysmith.com forward slash fanpage. You can be a subdomain or domain. But something's really easy to tell people and have that forwarding to the URL of the Facebook page. Number two is to talk about and engage your followers on Twitter and just let them know you have a fan page. Chris Brogan recently did that. did a very good job of that. That. And Chris Brogan is way over, had long since reached his 5,000 friend limit. And he's like, okay. Chris is awesome. We love Chris. <laughs> I love Chris too. And he was like, okay, you know, I caved in. I've set up my Facebook fan page. And he felt a little self-conscious too. And I, I made some comments on this blog. And it's okay to tell people, come and be my fan. <laughs> Number three is exclusive content. Create some exclusive, unique content that people can find only on your Facebook page. In other words, that gives them a reason to keep coming back. Four is like drawings and contests and ways for people to get excited and want to promote your page and then submit their entry for that's a drawing. Not drawings like the character on Saturday Night Live. That's contest draws. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, number five is to add... We're a little punchy here. It's <laughs> Vegas. <laughs> okay, you know. yeah, absolutely. I know what you mean. The city that never sleeps. <laughs> um, you want to put some kind of a badge or widget or, or banner on your blog that says, you know, find us on Facebook or come and join our Facebook fan page or fan club on your blog and in all kinds of other promotional materials actually 
And number six is a video, is to make, if you know how to use screen capture video, is to make a screen capture of the fan page itself, or just maybe a couple minute video of you talking into the camera. I'm just saying, you know, I'd love for you to come and check out my Facebook fan page. Camtasia was the tool that's great yeah. for that. Yeah, in techsmith.com, right? Yeah. Number seven is interaction and discussion. So as putting a unique discussion threads that are stimulating. And then you can actually send out updates and the updates go into a separate section of the, of the Facebook inbox. But for example, you could put up a discussion thread, send out an update and ask your fans to click on the link for the discussion thread and come over and interact with that. So a way to interact and discuss. Eight is to acknowledge fans and maybe going and writing on their Facebook wall. Usually you have to be friends to do that, and you can't be friends with all your fans because of the unlimited part, but you could certainly send them an email. You don't have to be friends with someone to send them an email, a Facebook email. If you know they're on Twitter, you could send them a little tweet. Hey, Jay, thanks for being a fan of my fan page, a Facebook fan page. Nine is an email to send out a blast to your regular opt-in list and invite people, and you can do that periodically and certainly put the link in your your signature file. And number 10. Number 10 is social ads. Test them out. Test them out. Set aside a budget. See how you feel about social ads. But like I say, social ads that advertise something inside of Facebook, it keeps the person inside of Facebook has proven to do really, really well for people. And then you have that added bonus, which I love to interact, by the way, as, you know, as a business person tip for people promoting themselves on Facebook interact with ads I, I am actually you know I'm a fan of hundreds of pages if I see that somebody's buying ads and they have the social actions I go and know ethically I will not become a fan of somebody's fan page if I don't generally support them and their business um, but uh, but I love to be if I love to fan pages or join groups or events when they buying ads because then my picture goes on their ad <laughs> that's awesome well, yeah. thank you so much uh, what a great list I, I'm just going to wrap up with the two questions I ask everybody. Mm -hmm. Um, Number one is, um, what new technologies are you playing with? What new things are you using either for fun or to interact or to make your life a little bit easier online? I love anything that automates content that I'm producing anyway. For example, I'm not sure how long it's been around, but I just discovered myself Backtype, backtype backtype.com, and that pulls any comments that you make on other people's blogs pulls them together into an aggregated feed and then I take that RSS feed and I pull it into friend feed. I'm a big fan of friend feed, which is a feed aggregator. And then there's the friend feed application on Facebook. So often I will put really thoughtful blog comments out there. And I used to think to myself, gee, you know, I'm never going to see that again. You know, I know it's out there somewhere. I, I share that. <laughs> I'm going to have to check that out. Yeah. So you go to Backtype and you literally now on Backtype.com. I think it's Backtype.com forward slash Mari Smith. And then that pulls up. That's all the comments I've ever made on blogs. And it finds you by email. Uh, that's a great domain one. Or, yeah. yeah, yeah. And then you pull that into FriendFeed and you pull it into Facebook. So now that's leveraging and automating. And some people might have concerns about duplication. Well, Mari, what if people see that all over? You know what? They're never going to have their eyeballs in the same place at the same time, you know, or multiple places. Not a problem. So, yeah, yeah. So that's any other fun stuff you're uh, using online? Uh, Fun stuff. Let's see. Um, Well, certainly I love apps that make Twitter easier. We were just talking earlier about wouldn't it be wonderful to have a way to annotate and tag and group. Uh, I'm really excited for an app to come online that will allow me to organize with currently 11,000 followers on Twitter. And, you know, I see people all the time, oh, yeah, I want to talk to them at some point, not the second, but I I know they're there. And, like, well, how can I, like, categorize and group and annotate all my, my Twitter friends? So very excited for the growth of Twitter and seeing new apps coming on board all the time that are really support that Facebook interestingly enough the default the six default apps inside of Facebook photos videos notes posted items and um, 
Uh, events, events, event. is events. Those are the most powerful in the Facebook when to utilize in conjunction with your personal profile. But I am very excited for more business-oriented apps and Facebook partnering up with big companies to really integrate. And then you've also got Facebook Connect. Uh, you've got Google Friend Connect, but Facebook Connect, which means that you could share actions that you're doing outside of Facebook. We're going to come back in to Facebook as yeah, well. that's certainly everyone's talking about the connect functions yeah so wrap up with who do you follow which blogs do you absolutely a list who do you not miss on twitter and and facebook my top three faves on twitter are guy kawasaki just an amazing 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 businessman and very authentic and very creative chris brogan we'd mentioned him one of my top favorite social media experts very real very such a great guy so just a sweetheart sweetheart yeah and then Gary Vaynerchuk, who goes at Gary V on uh, Twitter. There's many, many, many more. I mean, Gary there's literally V-E-E. hundreds. Yeah, thank you. There's hundreds. Well, those three that immediately come to mind in my faves. And then there's some. There's a few guys out there that write some good Facebook blogs. There's All Facebook uh, by Nick O'Neill, and there's Inside Facebook by Justin Smith, and those guys. I tend to blog long blog posts that then become more like tutorials, and people yeah. refer back to them for months and months at a time. And these guys are blogging like several times a day, a little, you know, updates all about the latest, greatest. So, I, and I love to keep in touch with them as well. So, yeah, those are some people that I can think of right now that I highly recommend that people check awesome. out. Awesome. Well, Mari, thank you so much for taking the time today. It's a busy conference and (laughs) i love you for carving out some time and it's great to meet you and uh, and do this my pleasure thank you so much jay well thanks so much mari it was great to meet you and um what a power interview what a great couple interviews i hope you guys really enjoyed um, finding out all about the social media survey as well Um, stick with us we got some great shows coming up as i mentioned off the top we have mr chris brogan and Dell's social media customer service superstar, Richard at Dell. And I think next I'm going to put up the live recording of the 10 tips for marketing your company and your personal brand in a recession. And it will come with the slides. So it'll almost be like seeing the presentation and a really great crowd in Charleston, South Carolina. So watch for those coming up in the next week or two or three. Thank you so much for listening. And if you like the show, do me a favor. Go and subscribe at iTunes and drop a comment in there. Um, be great to see um, your voice spoken out in favor of the 10 Golden Rules podcast because that'll help us get some more folks listening and engaged on iTunes. You can click and make a comment. So thanks so much. Uh, give us a call, 206-888-6606. Ask a question. Tell us about exciting new products. Share new tools, technologies, anything you're using on the Internet. Call anytime. The system will digitize your call and send me an MP3 I can play right here. Well, let's rock out with Blake Morgan featuring Lenny Kravitz. Great song, Why Don't You See? Have a great week, everybody. Yeah.
This podcast is produced with Cast Blaster. Ten golden rules for all your internet marketing needs. Thank you for listening to the Ten Golden Rules of Internet Marketing podcast. Please send comments and questions to podcast at 10goldenrules.com. That's podcast at 10goldenrules.com. Or use our call-in line 206-888-6606.